This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 148. Well, hi, and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, I can't wait. Well, we have a resource to recommend today. It's a book by Gary Thomas called Cherish, which leads us to the title of today's episode, which is Cherish is the Word. Cherish is the word which I was to a, <laughs> Which was a very popular song in the 60s by what the, group? The Association. That's your party trick, Brett. You can always name who an artist was that no one else can remember. There's also a Madonna version of a song called Cherish where she kind of plucks the word, cherish is the word I use to describe yeah, or the phrase. Jeff Percaro plays drums on that Madonna track. That's another party trick of yours, to name the <laughs> very, drummer. Very tight drum track for Jeff on that. <laughs> well, let's, un- let's unpack this book. You and I, Brett, we read a lot of marriage books. We do it for our profession. We mm-hmm. certainly do it for our personal edification for our own marriage. We've been in a married life group with six other couples for 16 years. We've read a lot of books in that group. But, you know, some marriage books are better than others. This is um, true. But... This one is a great book, and we wanted to kind of unpack it here on the show today. Some of our listeners may be familiar with who Gary Thomas is. He wrote a really well-known book probably 20 years ago now, maybe longer, called Sacred Marriage, which is a highly recommended book that we tell a lot of people about. So when our married life group decided we were going to read the book Cherish, which he wrote in 2017, I thought, well, this will be a good book because I love Gary Thomas, but I was just surprised at how rich this book was, how practical it was. Very practical, very pragmatic. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to unpack it a little bit today for our listeners. So first I want to just kind of look at that word cherish. And I, you know, when I see the word cherish or hear the word cherish, or what should I say before this book, I kind of think of the word cherish as being kind of an antiquated word, you know, almost, and even maybe a feminine word. Do you think, is that weird? Do you think that's... Is it weird? Is it weird that I think it's kind of a feminine word? No, that's that's probably uh, a view held by a lot of people. Yeah. It's interesting. The word cherish is usually a part of traditional wedding vows, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not an everyday word. Right. You know, yeah, we, use, we use the word love all the time, but we seldom use the word cherish or I seldom use the word cherish. So what does cherish mean? Well, I have a definition here, Brett. Why don't you read our definition? Cherish means to treat someone with affection and tenderness, to hold dear, or to keep fondly someone in mind, to treasure them, appreciate them, to treat with tenderness and affection, to nurture with care, to protect and aid even. Yeah, and so when I see that definition, it's easy for me to picture a man cherishing his wife, but I don't necessarily go to a wife cherishing her husband when I see that definite. I don't know why that is. Maybe well, that's just my to, perspective. S- we need to solve that dilemma. 
not just a one-way street. Yeah. One of the things he talks about in the book is how the first Corinthians book or the chapter 13 in first Corinthians is what people call the love chapter. Mm -hmm. But the song of Solomon book is what he calls the cherishing book. And what I took away from the book is that love has kind of more to do with commitment while cherish has more to do with how we behave as a result of that commitment. So in one of the early chapters, he talks about one of the ways that we can cultivate happiness in our marriages is by viewing each other the way Adam and Eve did in the sense that when Adam and Eve were together, they were the you know, only man and woman in the world. <laughs> Pretty exclusive relationship. <laughs> yeah. But that we no, can... <laughs> no love triangles. <laughs> but that we can have that mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, if I look at you, Brett, as the only man in the world for me, right? and you look at me as the only woman in the world for you... Which I do. You know, that can really up our marital satisfaction game mm-hmm. because then we're not trying to compare and you know, each other to other people and other people's spouses and all of that. So I kind of thought that was a nice way of thinking about it. Yeah, me too. Something else he does in the book is he talks about how we need to be showcasing our spouse's strengths. And he uses the metaphor of a ballet. When the male dancer lifts the female dancer and does what he calls making the beautiful even more beautiful. Mm. You know, this is a way we can cherish each other. Of course, a real ballet, you don't see the female lifting the male dancer. So it's kind of hard to think about it going both ways. Right. But the idea here is that we we showcase each other's strengths. And sometimes that even means playing second fiddle to the other person, you know, and letting them be, whether it's in private or in public, really excelling in the gifts and talents that they have. Mm-hmm. So she's all, the ballet dancer is already beautiful, Uh but then when he lifts her up, she becomes even more beautiful. Yeah, really showcased. neat metaphor. When we were talking in our married life group, I remember that resonating with a lot of people and them really liking that metaphor, that beautiful picture. He also discusses kind of practical ways that we should, what he calls honor each other, which is also part of our traditional wedding vows. Usually Mm -hmm. it's love, honor, cherish. But honoring really has a lot to do with just noticing and appreciating each other. Mm -hmm. And... Not neglecting one another. Right. and Not this overlooking is, one another. Exactly. This is something we hear a lot from our tune-up couples. Mm, definitely. You know, that they just want to be noticed. And not just for the things that they do, the tasks, although that's very nice. You know, thanks for making dinner or thanks for taking out the trash. But also just noticed for who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about when someone takes an interest in us, which is really part of the attraction in the early stage of a romance. Right. Yeah, you get very zeroed in on their uniqueness. Yeah. And the things that make them special and beautiful and whatever. Yeah, there's something very enticing about knowing that this other person thinks I'm interesting or mm-hmm. thinks I'm worth studying. Mm-hmm. But we lose that sometimes when we get doing all the daily grind stuff of married life. Right. Yeah, we get caught up in day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month stuff. Yeah, He quotes Dr. John Gottman quite a bit in this book, which I also love, uh, including an entire chapter on having contempt for contempt. 
Right. Um, We've talked those, for years about how lethal contempt is. Yeah. And really what contempt is, is losing the understanding that our spouse is worthy mm. of being loved mm-hmm. and cherished. And, you know, some people may think, oh, well, gosh, that sounds terrible. I would never fall into contempt. But it's a little easier than we might think if we're not being intentional and careful. If we're not spending that time mm-hmm. nurturing fondness and uh, admiration for one another. Yep. The book also discusses how cherishing our spouse can bring healing to their hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, and he talks about how most of us come to marriage with some level of emotional pain. Some of us have been through trauma or experiences, but the love of a good partner can be kind of a balm for us. And I really like this because we've talked for years, you know, on one hand, we as spouses, we've talked about that Jerry Maguire line, you complete me, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really have the capacity to complete someone else. Only God, the one who made us, can do that. Yeah. But on the other hand, as spouses, we're very uniquely and very powerfully positioned in that place to care for one another, to highlight one another, mm-hmm. to notice one another, to care for one another, and even to be part of the healing process for one another. It's it's an amazing component of marriage. Yeah. It's very... It's unique to that relationship. Yeah, and sometimes we have emotional wounds that are so deep and so complex that we need professional care, you know, with therapists or physicians or whatnot. Yeah, certainly. So I, I don't ever want, like as you said, Brett, I don't ever want a spouse to feel like they're the sole healer of, right. their, of their person they're married to. But we can certainly, by cherishing each other and by loving each other well, we can certainly bring uh, some healing to to our spouse's hurts. It can make a big difference in, in a married couple's lives. Yeah. He also talks about the importance of the words we say and equally as important how we say those words. You know, is it is it the book of James in the Bible, Brett, where it says that, you know, the tongue is as powerful as mm-hmm. any weapon and yep. that it has the power of death and life. Right. You know, our coming words out of are the, coming out of the same mouth. Yeah, incredibly important. And he even talks a little bit about how, and Brett, you and I do this. We we t- tell couples be the coach for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, coach me how to say this in mm-hmm. a way that you'll hear it best. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> most good, effective coaches, uh, they're not all raw, raw type individuals, but mm-hmm. most of them have figured out how to motivate positively their players and so forth. So you you do that as well. Yeah. He goes on to talk about cherishing the uniqueness of our spouse, Mm -hmm. encouraging us not to stereotype our partner, but to continue to observe what makes them special, Mm -hmm. what makes them unique, which again goes back to that being a student of your spouse. You know, there's nothing more... Just I don't know what it, the other word than to say enticing than someone who's interested in you. Right. Uh, it's just an amazing thing that really never the entice enticement is sure. that the right word? The enticement of Do that it. never really goes away, no matter how long you've been married. Yeah. Right. Well, and and uh, just you know the the uniqueness that each one of us has. You know, God mm-hmm. God made each one of us. Very unique. Yeah. You know, we have we each have our own 
literally thumbprints. And- yeah. And we, we always talk about how every couple is so special and unique that, of course, there are universal relational truths that, you know, every couple, if you want to have a healthy relationship needs, you need friendship, you need respect, you need honesty, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. But then when it comes to how that looks at your house, that can be different than what it looks like at our house, you know. Everybody's got a different environment. Yeah, totally. The book has a chapter on learning to be patient and compassionate in the particular areas of how your spouse stumbles. Mm, yeah. You know, the way that he or she struggles, that's just their way. And so learning how to not make them feel degraded or less than. Mm-hmm. A great line that he has in the book, and I, I really love this line, he says, Holiness, according to the Bible, is often best demonstrated by how patient we are with the lack of holiness in others. Wow. Yeah. It's a great line. It is. Yeah. Because what is holiness? Holiness is being set apart Mm -hmm. for a godly purpose. Well, Mm -hmm. God's ultimate purpose is to love. Yeah. You know, to love for us and care for us in ways uh, that only He can do. And not only as believers, but as spouses, you know, Mm -hmm. we love and care in ways that are very specific, unique. Mm -hmm. Again, we're positioned to do things that even other close family members can't do in the Mm -hmm. same way that spouses can do that. Yeah. And that idea of holiness, of course, you know, it means to be set apart, but it's also very, very closely tied to this theological idea of sanctification. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too, you know, theology nerdy here, but, you know, as as believers, we are a work in progress in the sense that the Holy Spirit is working on us. And so we never arrive. We never become, you know, perfect. We're always not on this side of of eternity. Exactly. But the idea of every person has their way that they're going to stumble. And as their spouse, we want to learn how to be understanding and compassion around that instead of critical or... Right. And even just pragmatically, that's what keeps you from... (laughs) Living in the funks of when we naturally drive each other crazy sometimes right. over the course of a, li- a lifetime of, of a relationship. Yeah, because that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> he also talks about how we, c- we, each person, can become easier for our spouses to cherish us. You know, he kind of turns the lens in on ourselves. You know, am I becoming a person of integrity so that you, Brett, can cherish me more easily? Yeah, and we've talked about that, that that's... You know, we've taught premarital couples and newlyweds and so forth, uh, prepped them for marriage for well over 20 years now. And that's the flipping of the loaded expectations, the, the consumeristic approach that people have towards marriage and towards this kind of relationship is, am I going to hit the jackpot? Am I going to find the person that checks all my boxes and so forth? Yeah. When it really needs to be the inverse of that. Uh-huh. Are you the person that is worthy, not worthy, but able to bring everything that's uh, needed for the relationship to be healthy? Yeah. You know, if, if the heart of marriage is selflessness, and it is, you know, then are you selfless enough, not perfectly selfless, but uh-huh. are you selfless enough to, to get in to this relationship yeah. that's going to be a lifetime? Because it's hard work. 
It is. And it, so many single people are looking for the right spouse, but mm-hmm. they're not, don't seem to be as interested in be, in becoming the right kind of person. Right. Right kind of spouse. And so, you know, that's in the premarital stage. Uh-huh. You could be 30 years in your marriage and have lost that selfless, caring posture. You can still get it back, but it takes some true reflection and some introspection to kind of re-up and say, huh, I've lost that selfless Hmm. edge. I need to kind of recommit myself to serving again. Yeah. And isn't that the greatest gift of marriage is that, you know, you, you get in a rut or you get in bad habits or you get in a pattern that's not working Mm -hmm. and you can turn it around. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to minimize people who are really stuck in, you know, terrible patterns that are very difficult to turn around. But I, I don't know. I just think if you're a good-willed person and you're married to someone who's a good-willed person, you can learn different ways of turning it around. Well, certainly with God's help, you know, I mean, if we if we humble ourselves, we, we can turn mm-hmm. around anything because yeah. he's more than willing to give us favor to help us to do that, do whatever's necessary to restore things because that's that's the kind of God he is. And that leads us to the final point I want to make. Oh, what is that it? what Gary Thomas does, you know, obviously states the obvious many times throughout the book is that we really are not able to do this consistently in our own strength. So true. We need the help of the Holy Spirit, the reminder of the gospel that when we remember that we are cherished by God mm. and that we have been forgiven and redeemed, then that helps us to remain in a posture of cherishing someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's really just kind of a reciprocal thing. We receive the goodness of God, and so we can extend the goodness of God. That grace flows from him through us. Absolutely. That's well, so that's good. good. It's a great book. I hope our listeners will, if they haven't read it already, will pick it up. Like I said in the beginning, it's a surprisingly rich but practical Yeah kind of a book. Yeah, a, a different kind of book for him, you know, uh-huh. compared to some of the other ones that are a little more heady, which I mm-hmm. liked as well, uh-huh. you know, but this one this yeah. was very practical. Yes, thank you Gary Thomas. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And if you're enjoying Marriage to the Max, help us keep it going by supporting Home Encouragement. Of course they're enjoying it. Just go to homeencouragement.org and click the donate button. Any amount will help. Also, we'd be thrilled if you would rate us and write a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. This helps more people find Marriage to the Max. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. Oh,